No, no, no. We've got one rule. Millie is obsessed with a football club and <laughs> they, we do not endorse them in any way, shape or form and they are not part of our conversation. All but right. <laughs> let's talk about a vocation. Let's Let. talk about future young leaders and our next future young leader, Mill. Yes. Who have we got? Katia Taylor from CSIRO. She's a postdoc. Welcome, Katia. Thanks. Hi, Millie. Hi, Ollie. Hey, Katia. It's good to have you here. Tell us, you've had two days pretty well of just worrying about the presentation. What's it like afterwards? Yeah, it feels good. Keen to kind of focus on connecting with people now. There's been a lot of people come up to me after the talk as well, so I want to capitalise on that and, um, yeah, just focus on those connections now. Have you got a few colleagues that you've never met that are part of that CSIRO stand and are yes, down here? There's a lot of CSIRO people here, like I think 50 or something. So, And I probably only knew 10 of the people that were coming. So, Yeah, wow. Where yeah, are you based? Based in Canberra at the Black Mountain CSIRO site. Well, there you go. Yeah. Tell me, so obviously day to day you spend a lot of your time research land. Yep. What you've been doing as part of your future young leaders really into the communication space. Yeah. How's that transition been? I've really enjoyed it. I think it's been super insightful, like the going through that journey of how do you craft a story that a lot of people can access and kind of like coming from the science space, I guess, you know, we often just report on data and that's sort of normal in science. Like you go to a conference and you're just very data heavy. So that probably would have been what I had done if I hadn't worked with Bryce and, you know, and also presenting for AgriFutures, like every time I did it, they were like, mm, less science, please. Like it's not accessible enough. So yeah, it was just interesting kind of getting that sweet spot between keeping the integrity of the science there, but then also being able to bring everybody in so that they could understand the science I wanted to talk about. It's such a skill. Now, Mel, you're in the audience, so you can tell us a little bit about what were your takeaways? Like what went from a let's talk communications, not content. From a communications and in the audience perspective, what did you take away from Katia's chat? Yeah, I think, Katia, you probably had one of the most technical subjects out of all the future young leaders. And what I loved about yours is that you used a metaphor the whole way through and you were speaking about things that I actually understood, like I think you related it to like a crime show and then you related it to um, the spaghetti without the bolognese sauce. And so whilst I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, what is microbiomes? What is this carbon crop residue? I have no idea what she's saying in that context when you actually broke it down. I was able to follow. So firstly, well done, because that's far beyond me. What's the difference Thanks, between a metaphor great. and an analogy? Yeah, I've been struggling with this. <laughs> yeah. earlier, like It was an analogy or a metaphor, but I'm not really sure which one. Which one was it, Cardio? <laughs> really putting me on the spot here now. Well, let's um, call it a metaphor. It was a metaphorical analogy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, I don't know that. I just made that up. <laughs> That's not that. We can keep that because that means that I'm correct. <laughs> I think. Why not? Uh, just practicing my Spanish, guys. <laughs> let's talk about, I guess, the, the area where you want to have impact. Your. Very scientific. Yeah. We are not. <laughs> Can you tell? But this this interesting in climate and, mm. and the role that agriculture has played, like from your perspective, like why do you care about the climate? Why is it something that you've decided to build a career around? Yeah, well, I guess um, that's what drew me to agriculture and research is I initially was actually doing politics at university and then felt like I couldn't make a practical difference through politics and so that's why I started doing science. And I think there's so many ways that we can apply science and technology to solve environmental issues. And I think 
definitely climate change is one of those environmental issues. So, yeah, that's... So why, like, agriculture in that research like, being the avenue f- to have impact for on issues like climate change and the environment? Yeah, well, I think a lot of reasons. Like, one is if we're talking about managing our natural landscapes, you know, like 50% of our natural landscape is in farms. But also I think agriculture is just a really interesting space where you have a lot of different issues intersecting. Like you have climate, you have biodiversity, you have equality, workforce. Like it's just this fascinating space where everything is happening. And also we all eat. (laughs) So it's sort of like, to me, the most important industry. What do you reckon you've learned since you've been in CSIRO working in and around I guess, the specifics of what you guys do. Yeah, well, I've been learning a lot about soil science. So I came from a more of a um, plant genetics background, looking at a plant signaling pathway that controls root architecture and plant microbe interactions. And it was, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> There's a few big words there. There's a few sorry. blank faces yeah. on this side of the table. Can sorry, Katya. Talk us through that a little bit more. Explain it like we're we're five years old. Okay. So, yeah, my PhD research was basic research, so answering fundamental questions in biology without a real sense of wanting to apply that to the real world. And the topic itself was looking at a signaling pathway, like, for example, you know, we have hormones in the human body. Mm -hmm. Um, Plants also have hormones and signaling molecules. And so I was researching one specific pathway, signaling pathway in plants, and it controls root architecture. So how deep the roots go, how wide they grow, whether or not they're sort of, yeah, shallow, like the angle that the roots come out, that sort of thing, which is important in terms of nutrient acquisition from the soil and water acquisition. And then were you looking at like how you could potentially like genetically modify it to influence the structures of how those roots grow, whether it's down, across, up, etc.? Well, yeah, like I guess that's the idea is like one day that information could be useful for something like that. But also it was a peptide signaling pathway, so a small proteinaceous, so protein molecule. So there's also potential for like applying those peptides to plants. And I think like I was in the biologicals panel directly after my talk and Pam Marone, I think it was, she was saying that's definitely going to be an emerging space in the biologicals area is like a small RNAs or peptides as yeah biologicals so it's definitely possible that it could lead to something like that but um in my case it was yeah just basic research so let's find out what this pathway is doing and maybe one day it will be useful hey it's Nick here sheep farmer and Rabobank regional client council member i'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community well-being and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives. Those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability, and help bridge the country-city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision, and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, Go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. Talking about, like, I want to go back, sorry, like to your own pathway. Do you feel that that, that choice that you made to move so out of that, I think with politics and economics, I think you were studying, into science, agriculture, like has that been fulfilling for the impact that you want to have and what 
perhaps did you learn from those initial courses in politics that maybe has held you in good stead for this role now? Yeah, such a great question. <laughs> I think I really do love research. I love the intellectual freedom and I love that, you know, you get to sort of try and answer a question and make a contribution in that way. But I think that science can be quite siloed from the rest of society sometimes. Like we're often not part of the conversation. And, you know, even when there's often research showing certain things and it's just not adopted because that something nobody's bridged that sort of research to the rest of society gap. So I think I am really happy that I'm in research, but I would definitely like to continue yet trying to bridge that gap more and get good research findings out there to in the hands of the right people. Like, for example, the practice change that I talked about today in my speech, like, you know, we've got pretty good data showing that at very little cost to the, the grower, you could build soil carbon from crop residues and you wouldn't need to, you know, pay a company anything for that it's just a small practice change and you could improve your soil health and sort of make use of something that all growers have you know crop residues at the end of harvest they've got this this huge mass of crop residues that isn't really being used for anything except for soil cover which is important yeah so but that that research i think is hasn't widely been adopted yet and our team is definitely sort of in the process of trying to go out to field days and disseminate that information and yeah get it into the hands of, of growers as you're talking about that i just think of dr carl and it's like maybe we need a dr carl equivalent just for agriculture because he is quite geeky but he can take such complex things but talk about it in ways which so many other people can understand and i think that's where there's a huge gap in ag yeah that's so true Definitely. Could you be the Dr. Carl equivalent? <laughs> oh, we've definitely got the right first name. It's also K. It starts with K, so... Halfway there. Yeah. Dr. K. <laughs> the biological piece. I would say it feels like only in the last few years it's kind of, especially in agriculture, come in. But it's also the, the relationships around the microbiome and how that is impacting, I guess, human health and the different areas, whether it's mental health, physical, etc. How that has probably really come into the fore. What are you seeing in agriculture, I guess, specifically in and around that piece of biomes and how bacteria and fungus and stuff influence health? Yeah, I think it's definitely a big emerging space. Like microbiome research is sort of the, the hot area to be in, um, which is why I'm there. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> um, but one thing that interests me is not just the development of like microbial amendments, so, you know, products that can be applied, but the idea that we could just understand more and then by understanding the microbiome and how those microbes are interacting with one another and how they're interacting with our environment, we can just do the right things that will keep get the microbes working for us rather than against us. So I think there's a huge, yeah, there's huge leaps to be made in that space as well, not just in terms of the development of products, but just like, for example, in the human gut, Lots of research now just saying, oh, you know, eat high fibre. doesn't necessarily have to be a, certain, a particular product, but it's just like how do we essentially manage our microbiomes to get good outcomes? Hmm. Yeah. Will there be a point in the research that you're doing right now that we tick that box and we move on to, to something else or is this something that will continue to evolve? I think it will continue to evolve because microbial communities like they evolve super rapidly so you're not ever really going to get to a point I think where you've got like a perfect solution like we can always be adapting our microbiomes to do better things for us so I think it's sort of there's a limitless potential there. So you're staying the job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it a dream project or something that you really see that yeah, if you could wave a wand, some, something that you could work on right now, 
Is there something? I think like I'm really loving my project at the moment, but I would love to take the project to a point where we do start developing like a product that we can spin out into a company. I think there's definitely scope for that. I know I just said that um, we just <laughs> need to understand the microbiome and we don't necessarily need products, but I think, yeah, it would be really cool to you know find a microbe that can improve soil carbon formation from crop residues. And I, yeah, that's definitely the area I want to go in with my research. Yeah, cool. Millie, you might need to be help here and, and give okay. Cardia an example. But Cardia, we talk about lemons and oranges in our business a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Lemons are something maybe sour. Oranges are something sweet. Okay. If you were to look back on the future and leaders journey that you've done alongside the others, mm-hmm. What would you say is your lemon and your orange? I'm just going to start with a negative. So we, we uh, finish that out of the way now. Like yeah. you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose the negative would be just my own imposter syndrome that I kind of had to confront during the process. Like I sort of almost didn't apply because I was like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not from a farm. Like I probably shouldn't be applying for that. And then once I did get it, I really had this strong sense of like, oh, sure, am I in the right place here? So just working through that and kind of going, okay, no, I do have a contribution to make to the space and I do have a story I can tell. Yeah, I think that was probably the toughest thing, the, the sourest thing. But then the sweetest thing, oh, I think just the other future young leaders. Like I feel like now I have like a family within ag, like, you know, for all the future ag events we go to, I'm sure, like, maybe not every time, but one of us will probably be there and we'll have a friend to sort of, yeah, make the most in this industry together, so... That has been such a common theme throughout talking to all of you future young leaders. And I think since, you know, months ago when you started, that was the first thing that a lot of you mentioned. And it's cool to see that up until now, that's like still something that's been really rewarding. Yeah, it was. It's also just been so rewarding, like seeing everyone do their speeches because, <laughs> you know, we, we saw the first iterations of them. And then now to see where everyone's got to has just been incredible. Yeah. Well, I reckon good luck to you and, and what you do. I think the whole research side of things, the advancements that CSR has been involved in across all kind of sectors but especially in agriculture is so exciting so yeah good luck with everything ahead thank you yeah we'll be following and cheering yeah Yeah. thanks and I'll be listening to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) thanks Cardio great thanks bye well that's it for another episode from us here at Humans of Agriculture we hope you're enjoying these podcasts and well if you're not let us know hit us up at hello at humansofagriculture.com get in touch with any guest recommendations topics or things you'd like us to talk and get curious about. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Rate, subscribe, review it. Any feedback is absolutely awesome and we really do welcome it. So look after yourselves, stay safe, stay sane. We'll see you next time. See ya.